Hello and welcome to Polywog. This is going to be a podcast where I basically just go online and learn about different creatures. Uh, my name is Molly Hurley. I'm going to be your host and I'm going to be explaining most of the stuff that I find and commenting on random stuff that I already know about. I obviously do not know a lot about a lot of the stuff because I am using Google. But what we're going to do is we're going to figure out what they are, where they're from, like where they originated from, stories they first appeared in, um, the different kind of like versions of the creatures or different stories from them that are around the world, and where you can find them in modern stuff, if there is any. In this case today, there's actually quite a few, because uh, we're going to be looking up fairies. I figured that'd be a good one to start with, because... Like, a lot of creatures are basically just a version of fairies, because I know they're, like, demons or something. Um, I obviously don't know a lot about it. Um, We're going to go into that and find out. But I know that there's a lot of um, fairies in media today. Most people probably know, probably from Tinkerbell, from Peter Pan, or the Disney fairies, or other places like that, like the Tooth Fairy. Alright, so. There are. I guess four. Actually, no, there's quite a few different ways that you can. What you can call a fairy. There's fairy, where it's spelled F A I R Y. And then there's also fae, which is F A Y. Then fae again, but F A E. And F E Y, that's all Fay. And then Fair Folk, they're also called Fair Folk. And Fairies again, but it's F A E R I E. Oh, and also F A F E A R Y. A lot of different spellings. So a fairy, I'm just going to read it right off of this. A fairy is a type of mythical being or a legendary creature found in the folklore of multiple European cultures, including Celtic, Slavic, German, English, and French folklore. It's a form of spirit and often described as metaphysical, supernatural, or prenatural. It looks like fairies do not have a single origin when it comes to the myths and stories and are actually a collection of folk beliefs from lots of different stories and um, religions and hmm okay well it looks like in Christian tradition a lot of people believe that they're actually demoted angels or demons and in the pagan religion, it looks like they are spirits of the dead as prehistoric precursors to humans or as spirits of nature. That's what it says that pagans believe for fairies. Let's figure out what they look like. Alright, so... Oh, also, <clears throat> I do know that 
fairies and pixies are two different things. A lot of people think that they're the same, but they're actually different. Like, aren't pixies, like... Like, I know fairies look like humans, and then, like, teeny tiny humans. <laughs> um, they have wings. Though, I've seen some really creepy versions of them. But as far as I know, I think pixies are, like, they have, like, green skin or something. I was reading it in a book, because I work at a library. That's completely irrelevant. But they had a bunch of books on, like, different creatures and stuff. Obviously... It's, it was in the children's section, so a lot of the stuff there isn't really, like, accurate to what a lot of um, folklore and stuff like that says it is. It's just teeny humans with butterfly wings that are described as cute and people give them fruit. <laughs> Like, the pop-up books, they, that's part of, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, because that's part of finding stuff in the media. Alright, so, what are they, and what they usually look like? That's what we're doing right now. So, fairies, I said, they're, um, according to the, hmm, <laughs> hmm, it's just going to be me pausing a lot. Whoops. A fa the term fairy is sometimes used to describe any magical creature, including goblins and gnomes, while other times the term describes only a specific type of ethereal creature or a sprite. Pretty sure a sprite is a demon. I know that. I don't know what it is on this part right here, but I do know that they are demons. Because... I had to do a project on a sprite at one point. But according to we're gonna we're we're gonna go on Wikipedia right now. That's where we're at. According to what they look like. Fairies are generally described as human in appearance and have magical powers. That's cool. They I guess they plants make plants and stuff. Cool. I'm just thinking of Tinkervana. <laughs> uh, diminutive fairies of various kinds have been reported through centuries, ranging from quite tiny to the size of a human. Also, oh, there's some big ones. These small fairies can be magically assumed rather than constant. Okay. I don't know what that sentence meant, but reading comprehension isn't my best, so sorry. Some smaller fairies could expand their figures to imitate humans, so I'm assuming that that sentence means that they didn't originally look like humans, but they can make themselves look more human-like to like, disguise themselves or something. On Orkney, what is that? Hold on, let's click on it. Orkney Island. Oh, I hope I didn't just butcher that name. I'm so sorry if I did. It's Scot. They're Scottish islands. On Orkney, fairies were described as short in stature, dressed in dark gray, and sometimes seen in armor. Ooh, cool. 
wonder what they made it out of. I'm going back to plants again. <laughs> In some folklore, fairies have green eyes. Some depictions of fairies show them with footwear, others are barefoot. Wings, while common in Victorian and later artworks, are actually rare in folklore. So most fairies don't actually have wings like they would make in a lot of the kids' drawings and stuff like that. And in movies, I'm pretty sure they, the majority of fairies, when you think about them, have wings in movies. But fairies are also demons and goblins and... All that fun stuff. Apparently gnomes, too. Did not realize that, but they're also gnomes. So a lot of them actually don't have wings, which surprising, but kind of cool. Fairies flew by means of magic. Mm, okay. Sometimes perched on ragwort stems. It says that I'm, I'm not going to try to pronounce that because that is a Latin name that means old man. But it is a genus, I believe, a genus of flowering. I probably just said that wrong. So flowering plants in the daisy family that include ragworts and groundsels. Oh, so it's a type of plant. And ragworts is like part of that family. They're sometimes perched on ragwort stem, stems or the backs of birds. Ah, that's how they got around. They rode on birds, guys. Do you think they made little sandal, uh, sandals? That's not the right word. Little saddles. That'd be sick, though. Trying to ride a bird? I think that'd be really cool. Didn't they do that in, um, I don't know what movie that was. Epic. There's a movie, there's an animated movie called Epic with small people. And I'm pretty sure that they ride birds as their main mode of transport. Modern illustrations often include dragonfly or butterfly wings. So that's what I was talking about. A lot of times they give butterfly wings or dragonfly wings. Usually, I think they give the dragonfly wings to dudes, like guy fairies, I guess. I don't know why. I do, actually. They probably think it's more masculine or something because it's not colorful. I don't know. But I've noticed that dragonfly wings are mostly put on dudes. Or like more masculine drawn people. But the butterfly wings are always super cool to look at. I think my favorite... I'm going to think of Tinkerbell again. I'm going to go right back to Disney's Tinkerbell. <laughs> this is just the main one that keeps popping in my head. But I think my favorite wings were the Queen's... What is her name? Let's find her name real quick. Queen Clarion. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like her wings because they're sparkly and they're made out of pixie dust. I think they're really cool. All right. 
now that we know what fairies look like, where are they from or mentioned in different stories from around the world? Well, hmm. I'm pretty sure they originated from Ireland. Let's let's find out. Okay. Okay, so fairies are, like we mentioned earlier, they're actually, there isn't a specific place that they originated from. They're in a lot of stories from around the world. In Ireland, like in folklore in Ireland, they, the people of the fairy hills have, hmm, okay, so that they called them people of the fairy hills when they were talking about fairies and folklore in Ireland. Alright, so it says, Folklorists and mythologists have various depicted fairies as the unworthy dead, the children of Eve, a kind of demon, a specific independent of humans, an older race of humans, and fallen angels. The folklorists or mythological elements combine Celtic, Germanic, and Greco-Roman elements. So folklorists have suggested that fairies came from other, like, earlier beliefs, but it lost currency with the advent of Christianity. Because Christians believed that fairies were basically a class of demoted angels. That's what I'm getting from this. They basically believe that fairies were a group of angels that revolted. Okay, so apparently to them, demons are just angels. No, whoa, that's the wrong word. <laughs> okay, demons are fairies, and fairies are just demons, so they're the same thing. All right. So I'm going to read straight from it again. I have to credit this probably. It says that one story described a group of angels revolting, and God ordered the gates of heaven shut. Those still in heaven remained angels, those in hell became demons, and those caught in between became fairies. Others wrote that some angels, not being godly enough, yet not evil enough in hell, were thrown out of heaven. This concept may explain the tradition of paying a tithe to hell as fallen angels, although not quite devils. They could be viewed as subjects of Satan. Also, they're not quite demons, but they're also not angels at all. So their fairies are basically in between. They're a creature that's in between angel and demon. So they can't get into either. They can't get into heaven or hell. They're just there. <laughs> Oh, King James. Where, which one are you? There's many James. 
King James. There's, uh, there's a lot of James. I'm not actually sure which one this is. Hold on. So, oh, it's the same person, okay. James, he was the sixth. What is this one? The sixth and somehow the first. Oh, because he was the king of England and Ireland as James the first from the Union of the Scottish and English... English crowns. So he ruled over both Scotland and England. He was the son of Mary, Queen of Scots. That's sick. I think, is she, is she good? I don't remember. But anyways, King James wrote a dissertation on demonology. If you want to know what demonology is, demonology... Hmm... That's just what it's called. I know that demonology is, like, an actual thing, though. I only know that from The Conjuring. So it's, like, a profession or something? I could be very wrong. Definitely gonna have to go back over this. But, he wrote a dissertation called Demonology. And he stated that the term fairy referred to demonic entities, or he called them illusory spirits, and they prophesied to and consorted with and transported the individuals they served in medieval times. Huh? Oh, oh, so apparently he's saying that fairies are demonic entities. And that a witch or a sorcerer who had a pact with them might receive services from them. So he was basically talking about, at least from what I'm getting from this, he was basically talking about if you were a witch or a sorcerer, you could make a pact with fairies and help, you can get help from them. Though I don't recommend that, like doing that, because I don't know a lot about fairies, but I do know that if you make a deal with a fairy, you can't exactly break that. I've also been told that you're not supposed to tell a fairy your name. You should give them a nickname or something. So they can't, like, have control over that, basically. It's a lot of strange stuff that fairies can do, but I think they're really cool. Also terrifying. Don't anger one. That's just bad. Okay. Apparently, it was mentioned in a couple other places. Oh, they wrote about how they believed that... Oh, alright. They believed that um, fairies were demons. Okay, um...
friendly. Okay, so a movement in England. There are like people referred to as divas, devas. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. But apparently they... Hmm... This does not make much sense, but I was just going to point out that apparently some people also thought that they were described as appearing in form of colored flames, roughly the size of a human, so very big flame (laughs) just walking towards you. That's basically what they were talking about. Also, Arthur Conan Doyle in 1992 wrote a book called The Coming of the Fairies, The Theosophic View of Fairies. And wrote that... Theosophist E.L. Gardner had likened fairies to butterflies. Alright. And there's also a similar concept in Persian mythology. Okay. Oh, boy. So, in the Christian belief in the 17th century, they believed that fairies were demons. All of the fairies were demons. Not a single one was not a demon. It grew very popular with the rise of Puritanism because of the Reformed Church in England. Um, it did, it did a lot of stuff for how very, fairies were viewed, like, dealing with fairies was considered a form of witchcraft, and you would be punished for that. I know that that's still a thing that a lot of Christians believe, they're like, you cannot believe in any sort of mythological, mythological creature from anywhere, because that is considered witchcraft, and evil so yeah like for example the hobgoblin that is a another form of a fairy it's very small it's a it's a spirit creature and it like lives on the hearth it typically appears in folklore and it usually is actually considered helpful and it like gives you little trinkets and stuff and it's, it's very helpful to humans But Christianity turned it around, and they considered it mischievous, or as like a wicked goblin. So it used to be a little household spirit, and now it is considered evil. I know that there is a hobgoblin in Spiderwick. Like the Spiderwick Chronicles, that is a book series. There is three books, and there's three other ones that... Or like a series, I think I think it's after that, or it could be before, but I think it's after. But I know that there is a Hopgoblin, which is a main character in it. One of, like, another very, I know that there's another um, Hopgoblin that's like a famous one. Is Puck in A Midsummer's Night Dream. A mid a midsummer night's dream. Sorry, I said that wrong. That's that's a Shakespeare play. Hold on. 
yeah, that's a sh- that's a play from William Shakespeare. And he is a mischievous spirit. Oh, okay. So actually it does mention Ironic. Okay. So Midsummer Night's Dream is actually on here for a little part of it. They mention it. They mention Oberon, which is the king of the fairies. And it says that it doesn't state in the play the... Yes? Sorry, that was my mother. Okay, so it doesn't... Like, it does not state that he or his court fear the church bells. Which is what... Oh, C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis is the author of Narnia, like the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, Apparently, that's what C.S. Lewis, who is a Christian apologist, uh, cast as a political disassociation from fairies. Hmm. In an area... I cannot speak today. I'm so sorry. In an era of intellectual and religious upheaval... Some Victorian reappraisals of mythology cast deities in general as metaphors for natural events. Hmm. They also... Another belief held about fairies is that they were spirits of the dead. I do not know when this started going around as a belief... But I'm assuming it's been around probably as long as the other ones. Probably longer than the fairies being demons idea. But. It says that this, the idea of fairies being spirits of the dead actually derived from a lot of factors that were common in various folklores and myths. So they were similar like they had similar tales for both ghosts and fairies how do you pronounce that the irish hold on if i can find it up here how do you pronounce that i don't want to mess it up i don't know how to pronounce the word but i know that it's referring to the people of the fairy hills because that's the same word that was up there when it was saying what it was. It's the Irish, yes, people of the fairy hills. Origin of their term for fairies. Where ancient burial mounds were deemed dangerous to eat food in fairyland. And Hades? Hades? I never can pronounce that correctly. I, I don't really remember why I can't pronounce that correctly, because I played, actually, I played him in a show. So you'd think I'd remember. But apparently, I do not, and it says that they were deemed, it was deemed dangerous to eat food in Fairyland and Hades, because the dead and fairies were depicted as living underground. Maybe that... I feel like that has something to do with the like the fae court, how 
like the Sealy and Unsealy court, that probably has something to do with that. Diane Perkis, it's a tutor of English at Keppel College, Oxford. She specialized in Renaissance and women's literature, witchcraft, and the English Civil War. Okay, so it says that she observed an equating of fairies with the untimely dead who left unfinished lives. So she, if I'm reading that correctly, I think that she means that she thinks that fairies were people that, I guess, died early who wanted to continue with their life, but they didn't get a chance to because they had an untimely death. Another thing for the spirits of the dead, it says that there was another tale that recounted a man got caught by fairies who found that whenever he looked steady, and he found that, okay, so the guy in the story said that he found that whenever he looked steadily at a fairy, it appeared as a dead neighbor of his. Hmm. Apparently this theory was among the most common traditions related. Although many informants also expressed doubts. So this one's actually one of the more popular theories when it comes to what people think fairies are. Alright, there are, at least on the page that I'm looking at, there are two other theories for it. One of them is elementals. So it's a, fear, a theory that fairies were intelligence, uh, were, they're like an intelligent species distinct from humans and angels. Huh. Okay, so an alchemist. I don't know how to say his name. Paracelsus? I'm so sorry if I butchered that, but it's spelled P-A-R-A-C-E-L-S-U-S. This alchemist called Gnomes and Syphils? What is that? How do you pronounce it? It's an air sprite. So he 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 called whatever this word is. It's it's an invisible being that he made. He called it. It's an element of air, basically. So it's like a air spirit. He called them and gnomes elementals meaning magical entities who personify a particular force of nature and exert powers over those forces. A lot of folklore describes fairies as spirits of the air. So we're going to go back to Disney fairies again, just because that's the easiest one to give you guys a mental picture, because most people have probably seen that. When they mean, like, exert powers over those forces... I think that it means, like, they have a specific power, how there's, like, the plant fairies, and then there's, like, Vidya, she's an air fairy or something, she goes very fast, (laughs) um, and there's an animal fairy, a water fairy, they mean like that, 
And the last theory of where they came from, it's an outdated theory, but it um, it's that fairy folklore evolved from folk memories of a prehistoric race. Okay. So. Hmm. So this says that. They. New, it says newcomers superseded a body of earlier human or humanoid people. And the memories of this defeated race developed into the modern concept of fairies. Because they're... Okay, so... People that are for this theory find support in it um, in the tradition of cold iron as a charm against fairies. Because people would like say that iron is something that can ward off fairies. And it's viewed as a cultural memory of invaders with iron weapons, displacing people who had just stone, bone, and wood, and other items at their disposal that were easily defeated. It says that in folklore, flint arrowheads from the Stone Age were attributed to the fairies as elf shot. Elf, it says elf shot is a medical condition described in Anglo-Saxon medical texts and believed to be caused by invisible elves shooting visible arrows at a person or animal, causing sudden shooting pain localizing in a particular area of the body. Hmm, so it says while their green clothes and underground homes spoke to a need for camouflage and convert shelters from hostile humans, their magic is a necessary skill for combating those with superior weapons. So they would use their magic against people that could harm them. In a Victorian tenet of evolution, mythical cannibalism amongst ogres um we're, we're gonna talk about a lot of different creatures but like later on but it says an ogre is a legendary monster usually depicted as a large hideous man-like being that eats ordinary human beings especially infants and children ah all right G good good for them i guess those are not good for them, what the heck. <laughs> okay, so mythical cannibalism amongst ogres was attributed to memories of more savage races practicing alongside superior, superiors in quotations, races of more refined sensibilities. Alrighty. Oh, also going back to the, like, the iron with the charms and stuff, apparently, like, a 19th, cent 19th century archaeologist, they actually uncovered underground rooms on, in Orkney Island, which is the Scottish islands that we were talking about earlier. 
they said that it resembled the elf land des- described by I'm gonna butcher your name I'm so sorry Ch- child uh, there's an e at the end I don't think this child it's C-H-I-L-D-E Roland and Roland is also spelled R-O-W-A R-O-W-L-A-N-D it that is a fairy tale and it's the most popular version was written by Joseph Jacobs in his English fairy tales which was published in 1890 and that story i guess like gave it additional support for this theory Okay, oh, here's the Seely Court. Okay, so the Seely and Unseely Court is actually from Scottish folklore. And it's where fairies are, like, divided in between the two. So the Seely Court is... They're, um... Like, they're basically kinder fairies. They're, like... Right here it says they're more beneficially inclined, but they're still dangerous. So they're... Like, the Unseelie Court is the ones that are, like, like, evil. I say that in quotations. They're the evil ones. They're, like, all the dark creatures and stuff like that. All the all the kinds of fairies that you wouldn't see in a children's book. <laughs> um, on here it says they're the more malicious ones. So, basically, the Seelie Court is just the opposite of that. And an easy way to remember it is that if you think of it as like Seely is the good court and in quotations. And then unseely would be the opposite of that. So just remember that the word that has un in front of it is the bad one. Well, bad in quotations, but the more malicious one. Okay, so here it says that, well, fairies in the Seelie Court enjoyed playing generally harmless pranks on humans. Yeah, they're the ones that, they're still kind of, I guess you could say, annoying to humans. They're not going to, like, hurt them. And, it, like, the Unseelie Court, they often, like, hurt humans for entertainment. So, the un, like, the Unseelie Court would be... Not very nice about getting entertainment from you. Like, their pranks would not be good to have done on you. It would hurt a lot. But the Seely Court, would, most of their pranks are usually harmless. It's not going to be that bad. But both could be really dangerous to humans if they're offended, which is... Why there's like a whole list of rules <laughs> as to what you should do when you meet a fairy. I do not know currently where that rule thing is. But since I am going to be talking about other kinds of fairies, like, like goblins and ogres and all that, 
in different episodes, I can bring that up again to explain what it is. So I can find that, I guess, like, rule list later if there is an actual one, and we can go over that another time. Hmm. says hmm okay so another word for it is trooping fairies and it refers to those who appear in groups and might form settlements as opposed to solitary fairies who do not live or associate with others of their kind this is um I think it's more related to what would be in Germanic, like German folklore. Because there's more beings like dwarves and elves and like goblins again, like we had mentioned. They're, They're all there. They're similar beings and considered a fairy, but they don't like all live together in one big settlement as it says here trooping fairies are the ones that do they appear in groups solitary fairies do not there are actually i'm gonna mention a couple of the protective charms because there is a whole section here on protective charms and then we can go into literature and movies and stuff that you can find them in so a few of the protective charms um like they're 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 considered effective like the more main ones is like bread is that on here is bread on here it is okay that's in the newfoundland folklore and that's the most type like popular type of fairy protection from it's like varying from as this one says it's varying from stale bread to hard tack what does hard tack mean okay hard tack is a simple type of biscuit or cracker made from flour water and sometimes salt it's not hard to make and long-lasting they use it on boats or military and stuff like that or just a slice of homemade bread fresh homemade bread because bread is associated with the home and the hearth and apparently it seems to be disliked by some types of fairies though in like Celtic folklore, baked goods are actually like good. Like they want them. It's like an offering. Especially if you put like butter on it. That's good. I've heard that that's what you're supposed to do. But it's usually considered a protection thing, I guess. Like, you can offer it to them. I I don't... I don't know. I think I would just stay away from bread. But it does say before going out into 
a haunted place, it was actually customary to put a piece of dry bread in your pocket. So if you're going to go visit someplace haunted, put a piece of dry bread in your pocket. And you maybe won't get hurt <laughs> or kidnapped by the thing, which would not be great. Um, but other protective charms were wearing your clothes inside out, four-leaf clovers, church bells, Hmm. Oh. Or St. John's wort, which is a flower. It's a yellow flower. It's very pretty. There's a picture of it right here. Oh, yeah, I do remember this. Okay, so, in a lot of folklore, apparently it it says that a cock's crow, which is a rooster. A cock is a rooster. Its crow drove away fairies. But in a lot of other tales, it says that fairies kept, like, birds like chickens. So... Really, it's just, it just depends on where you're at. Like, what area you're at, it just, I guess just ask people if, actually, I don't know if that is a good thing. <laughs> they might think you're crazy if you're asking about different things to protect you from fairies, which really sucks because I know that a lot of people think that mythical creatures, especially fairies, they think they're for kids. So a lot of people don't talk about it, and they're not really interested in folklore, which is sad. There's a lot of different things that you can do too, but I'm running out of time. So, we're going to quickly mention, where are we at? Changelings, because that's important. That, that actually could be a very long conversation, but... I'm just going to read straight from it. Um, a considerable amount of lore about fairies revolved around changelings, which fairies left in place of stolen humans. A changeling is... Um, I'm going to try to describe this the best way that I can from what I remember. Changelings are believed to be fairies that um, fairies would leave after they've stolen a human baby, or just, I don't, I don't know if it has to be a baby, but it's usually children. Um, so they look human, but they're actually fairies, and you can tell after a bit that it's not human. Um, in particular, folklore describes how to prevent fairies from stealing babies and substituting changelings and abducting other people as well. The theme of changelings, um, where it was like, you swapped a child. It was really common in medieval literature, and it 
reflected concerns from what this says it reflected concerns over infants thought to be afflicted with unexplainable diseases disorders or developmental disabilities um so i'm going to quickly mention this but i believe that it has like been pretty well known that I guess people had this I hold on. We're going to click on change links cuz it's easier to explain if I have something here. It's okay, so it was mentioned in Cornwall, Germany, Ireland, Scotland, England, Poland, Scandinavia, Spain, Wales, everywhere. Um also Africa everywhere um but now people actually believe that uh many changeling like what people would consider children to be changelings they actually were people that were had were like born with birth defects or had developmental disabilities or were neurodivergent and it like it wasn't actually like we don't know if fairies are real but a lot of times what people would be considered changelings were actually just children who were autistic and it's actually kind of very sad when you think about that they made up this whole story about it which definitely definitely hurt people in the process. So what we're going to talk about now is I, I'm just going to give some more like modern like places that you can find what fairies are in. I did write a few down. So for books, I'm going to give a few recommendations that I have found. There are the Andrew Lang's fairy books which is a book series, and then there's the Disney Fairies, which is Tinkerbell and all of her friends, and that's also a book series, so these ones are all kids, the first, like, three are kids' books, a couple of, the majority of them are actually kids' books, or can be considered kids' books, then there's the Rainbow Magic series, that's a book series, then it has a lot of books with a lot of different mini-series in them, with many, many, many different fairies, and it's basically, I believe that one is just about different fairies helping depending on what kind of fairy it is helping these small kids and i know that they're i believe that they're mentioned in the grimm's fairy tales and a lot of other fairy tale books like han christian anderson's and arthur rackham and lots of them and they are in spiderwick the spiderwick chronicles that i mentioned earlier i highly recommend reading that as they are in there as flower sprites and they also appear in the movie. There was a movie about it. Actually, it was pretty good. I, in my opinion, anyways. <coughs> Though I don't recommend that small children watch that movie because all of my siblings were terrified of that movie for some reason as kids. But they like it now. But for some reason, they were terrified of it. Probably because of the um, bigger goblin. But there's also a guide. Like, a guide it's, that they made. And taking care of the 
flower sprites and all of them that appeared in Spiderwick. And it goes along with this series that you can find. It's completely separate from it, but it is related to it. And then there is also The Complete Flower Fairies by Cicely Mary Barker. How to See Fairies by Charles Van... I might say her name wrong, but I think it's Sandwike. And then Fairyopolis, a Flower Fairies Journal by Glenn Birds and Liz Catchpole. And I believe that's like a pop-up book, actually. Or there's... It's like a series with smaller fairies, but there is a pop-up book related to it. And also A Natural History of Fairies by Emily Watkins. Most of these are aimed towards kids, but there are actually a lot more like books and stuff that you could have fairies in them and find them. There's a lot of them, and you don't have to be a kid to read them. I, f- I enjoy them, and I am an adult, so that's saying something. I guess. <laughs> um, in media, like movies and plays and stuff, there's um, a Midsummer's Night Dream, which is the play by William Shakespeare. The whole Disney fairies series with Tinkerbell and Peter Pan. Uh, there's Brides of the Guardians, which has also the Tooth Fairy in it. And there's a Tooth Fairy movie with The Rock that exists. There's a lot of there's a lot of movies that have fairies in them but I definitely recommend going and looking up more about them I don't know if any of this made sense so I'll have to listen to it later but there are a lot of different versions like fairies are pretty much all the same thing but there's a lot of different versions of where they came from and you can find them in a lot of media now, which is actually really cool. But thank you all for listening to the first episode of Pollywog. I hope I mentioned that in the beginning. I don't remember. But it's called Pollywog. So thank you for listening. And um, see you next time for... You come to learn about more mythological creatures that I find and attempts to learn about and the amount of time I have to record this. (laughs) All right.